42 sums up much of the apostolic pattern in one verse. There's much, but there's a lot that is shared in this one verse, Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And I want to just share with you today from this topic, time for action. Time for action. Now, you could go back the last several weeks in this church and you could just put messages and you could see how one connects to the other. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor preached on, on Sukkot. And the, the whole uh, premise of that message was, let's remember this is temporary. This is temporary. Last week, fire and bread. Um, and today it's time for action. It's time for us to realize that this is all temporary and where we're headed. It's time for us to realize that, that we do have fire and we do have bread, so we need to do something with it. And uh, we want to talk today about it's time for action. Would you just ask God to give you personal revelation and give me personal revelation and, and anointing? Father, thank you for your presence that is obviously in this room. We do take dominion through your name and your blood over any distracting influence. I do believe that your spirit is not only going to give personal revelation, but I believe lives are going to be changed. I believe your spirit is going to move, and those that will allow you that a work will be done in their life today before they walk out of this building, or if they're watching by way of webcast, that your spirit is going to do a work in their home, in their office, in their car, wherever they are. Let it be done in Jesus' name. And can you give the Lord another hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Jesus. You may be seated. We live in uh, quite an interesting world. That's no revelation to anyone. It's a world drunk on the pursuit of pleasure and convenience and ease. It's a world with spiritual wickedness in high places. And I could really burn up a lot of time here describing today, and it would all be both true and truly depressing about our day. But this is the world that, that we have been called to. Uh, this is the world that, that we have been placed in at this time. You may be like me, and, and you were an unplanned pregnancy in your family, but you're not an accident. I'm not an accident. It was God's will for me to be this old at this time, right now, and it's God's will for, for us to be here in this day, aligning ourselves with the purpose of our King, Jesus Christ, and expanding his kingdom through this local church. This local church and any other local church that is aligning with the king and the kingdom, they realize, we realize that we are a kingdom satellite. We are a kingdom outpost. We're a kingdom colony. We seek to think the king's thoughts and speak the king's language and understand that that we are yes in this world but we are not of this world we're we're seeking to intentionally not think the way this world thinks we're we're seeking to tolerate it make what difference we can in it realizing that this world is not our home. We are just passing through. This is temporary. We are not to homestead here. It's not about making it paradise here. It's about doing the work of the king through the kingdom, this local church. 
For many, I believe that the only thing missing from living a powerful kingdom life is kingdom action. When we lack kingdom action, we literally can be buried in our life, our spirit, our soul, our body. There are many people wondering why they are unfulfilled and and they have no vision. Well, we're all kingdom-minded. It's just a question of whose kingdom And if we'll get off of the throne of our own lives and we'll let the king be on the throne of our lives and and we will, as Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not into our own understanding, but in some of our ways every now and then acknowledge him. In all of our ways acknowledge him. What does the king say he will do? He will direct our paths. I don't know about you. I'm standing on that. I I pray that every day. I get up every day thanking God, and I get up every day aligning myself, saying, okay, now, it's got to be you, king. It's got to be your kingdom. It's got to be your thinking. I pray every day, give me a kingdom mind. Let me think kingdom thoughts. Let me think like the kingdom thinks. I do not want to be controlled by anything on this earth. Have you ever heard this old saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions? Have you heard that? It's not just an eternal thing. The road to draining marriages and draining families and draining careers and draining lives is also paved with good intentions. There are many people that find themselves today in a place they never intended to be. Believe me, I'm a part of this. Many intended to be a lot smarter than they are today. Many intended to be a lot smaller than they are today. Many intended to be a lot richer. Many intended to be more likable than they are and more fulfilled and more prepared. The list could go on. There are many that intended to be more lovable and more biblical. And so why don't we camp there on the biblical part when we think about the kingdom of God in how it affects us in this local satellite of the kingdom. We love the book of Acts here. As a matter of fact, our our belief, we as apostolics, we stake our claim in the book of Acts. Now, there are many other beliefs in churches that I think they're convinced that the book of Acts is not even in the Bible. And then there are others who meticulously, speaking of, of course, this is the Winter Olympics, but the other Olympics Olympics that, that they have pole vaulting, there are other religions that strategically pole vault through the book of Acts. But we are people that proudly proclaim that we're Pentecostal and we open up the book of Acts and we go right to Acts 2 and we point to the day of Pentecost, and and we put our finger there, and we proclaim that we are not a denomination, but we are an experience. But what we have to understand is we had better be very careful, or the book of Acts will be nothing in our life except the book of intentions. This is the reason why I preach today that that it's time for action. Apostolic intention equals frustration. Apostolic action equals life. It's the book of Acts. It's not the book of intentions. In 2005, I was spirit-directed to intently study the book of Acts. My mind went to that this week. And I methodically studied the book of Acts from the first chapter to the end, and we will not go through all of it today, so don't get nervous. But I methodically documented the action of the apostles. 
a few days ago as seeking God for direction for this morning, the Spirit spoke to me the word action. Action. So I kept praying about it and thinking about it, and God started speaking to me about apostolic action. The next day, after the Spirit directed me that way, one of my preacher friends texted me and he said, when you're teaching the book of Acts, what topics do you key in on? And I just don't take things like that as coincidence. I, I know how God directs. If you have your printed Bible right now, uh, if you looked at Acts 1, there's a very good chance somewhere in the heading it will say the Acts of the Apostles. Or in another printed Bible that I looked at that I have, it said Acts of the Apostles. I checked four printed Bibles and they all said something in Acts 1, the heading, the Acts of the Apostles or Acts of the Apostles. When we're speaking about this and we look at it just as plainly and practically as we can, we realize it is the acts of the apostles, not the thoughts of the apostles, not the intention of the apostles, but it's what they actually did. When we consider their actions, and I'm only going to go and highlight a few chapters today because of the sake of time, but when we look at Acts 1, in Acts 1, 4 through 5, it says, and being assembled together, that's what they did, they assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. In other words, the, the first great action they were told to do is go and tarry and wait until. You've, you must be endued with power. Acts 1 is telling us there's a lot to do, but don't try to do this on your own. You must be empowered by the Spirit. This is the reason why every time we get together, whether it's Wednesday night, Sunday morning, tonight when we come back together at, uh, at 6 o'clock when we gather in here, it's just a sad day whenever apostolics show up together and they are not anticipating the moving of the Spirit. Not just anticipating, but expecting. Expecting. When we walk through these doors, we need to expect the Spirit of God to do work. We need to expect it. We see this principle as literally the first principle in the Word of God. We look at Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And so we see a key principle in the Word of God. We see it in Genesis 1 when it introduces us to the powerful principle of Spirit precedes Revelation. When the Spirit of God moves, then things are revealed. And as we go about our life and we connect in the way that we do, this is the reason why when I hear that the Spirit of God is being poured out on any denomination, I am one happy person. Whenever I hear that the Catholics are talking in tongues, I'm happy. When I hear the Baptist or the Lutheran or the non-denom, whoever, if they're speaking in tongues, I'm not going to judge. Well, is that the real Holy Ghost or is that the fake Holy Ghost? God can handle all that. I know that spirit precedes revelation. 
I know that if people can get in the presence of God and experience the power of God, the Spirit of God will reveal greater revelation. I can tell you that true apostolics are very intentional about spirit empowerment, and we will do whatever it takes. So what is the time for action when we're looking at this? We must do whatever it takes to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Whatever it takes in your life, it's time for action. It's time to quit just being around it. It's time to quit enjoying the Sunday splashover of the people who have been in the Word, of the people who have been praying, of the people who have been giving, of the people who have been sacrificing. It's time to be part of what causes the splash. And not just enjoying the splash that has been caused from someone else. When we look in Acts 2, we see that Acts 2 is literally packed with apostolic action. Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. It would be absolutely amazing what would happen if every time we walked into this sanctuary, we were all in one accord. Obviously, we're in one place. That's not the big struggle. Getting in one accord is the struggle. But when they got in one place and when they were able to get in one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And so we see in Acts 2 that there was unity, that there was spirit, that there was wind, that there was tongues. We then see that the new birth message was concisely preached. Concisely preached. There are other things connected in the Word of God to salvation. But this is where when they ask, what must we do? They were told concisely what to do. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. You move on to the end of Acts 2, and you see in verse 42 my text, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, action, and fellowship, action, and in breaking of bread, action, and in prayers, action. So I say to you today, it's time for action. It's time for apostolic action, not intention. It's time to do whatever it takes to be unified. It's time to do whatever it takes to be born again. It's time to do whatever it takes to continue in the apostles' doctrine. It's time to do whatever it takes to stay in fellowship with the body of Christ. It's time to do whatever it takes to break bread together, whether we have the nicest house or not. It's not about that. It's about breaking bread together, and it's time that we do whatever it takes to be in prayer like we never have before in our lives. 
As we move on to Acts 3, we start with the first verse. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. What a terrible life. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask in alms, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. I won't take a lot of time with this one. I'll just say it's time for action. It's time to do whatever it takes to have something worth giving. It's time to do whatever it takes to align our lives to where we are walking in faith, where we are walking in power, and we do what it takes to have something to give, and then when the opportunity presents itself, we boldly give it. We do it, such as I have. One reason why many of us are not in that dimension to say, such as I have, give I thee, is because we don't have much. But what we can do, that's not to put you down, that's to give some direction. What we can do is we can take action today and we can decide, I'm through walking through life with nothing to give. I'm through walking through life with nothing to give. I will do what it takes to have something to give. And I'm going to live in a manner that when an opportunity presents itself, I'm not going to have to take time to repent. And I'm not going to need a one-day fast or a two-day fast or a three-day fast in order. I'm going to live in a position where I'm ready to give. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take action. I'm going to do what it takes to be ready. How do you like this? To minister on demand. It's time for the apostolic church to get into living a life. I'm not talking about being a bunch of weirdos. I'm talking about being people that are empowered by God, ready at all times to minister on demand. What is the need? Well, such as I have. Give I thee. The reason why I'm giving you something is because I have something. It's not about my silver. It's not about my gold. It's not about my brain. It's not about what I have. It's not look at my house. It's not look at my car. It's not look at my clothes. It's not look at my portfolio. It's not look at my trophies. It's, yes, look on me, but it's not about me. It's about what I have in me. And such as I have, I give to you. And then it's not in the name of shock or in the name of your name. No, it's in the name of Jesus Christ. I am not the attraction. I am the guide. Look on us so you can focus. But it's what I have within me, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to challenge somebody this week. Why don't you look for an opportunity? Why don't you look for an opportunity to in the name of Jesus give what you have? It's time for action. I said it the last time that I, that I preached here. You don't really need another class and you don't really need another message and you don't really need another podcast and you don't really need to, to listen to another message of that favorite preacher, that favorite preacher, that favorite preacher. It's like at some point, can we realize, yes, I'm going to be, yes, I'm coming. Yes, I'm hearing messages. Yes, I'm going to keep doing that. But I don't have to learn not one more thing to activate what I already have. No. I'm going to step out right now. That, that young man, that young man right in the back that got the certificate today that was baptized. I'm sorry I forgot, I forgot your name. Would you just raise your hand? All right. 
Everybody seeing the young man, he walked up, and, and, then, and then the lady. Okay. All right. I am saying to both of you, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Did you receive the Holy Ghost also? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Okay. Both of you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You are empowered. You don't have to know not one more thing, and you don't have to know not one more thing. I want to challenge you. When you run into a situation this week, and somebody's in a mess, would you please just grab their hand, and would you just say, hey, I got a lot to learn, but this is what I already know. Jesus Christ has all power. And, and we're going to close our eyes. We're just going to close our eyes right now. And we're just going to say, in the name of Jesus, would you do whatever you think needs to be done right now, Jesus? And that's it. When are we going to get past a performance mentality where we think that this business is a bunch of performance, that we got to know what to say, we got to know how to say it, we got to know how to hold our head, we got to know how to lay on our hands, we got to know how to... Are we ever going to move past the fact and just realize if he doesn't do it, it's not going to get done anyway. He doesn't need my performance. He need my participation. It's not about what I have. It's about, yes, what I have that he put in. It's called a channel, a channel through which the spirit can flow. It's time for action. It's time for action. We move to Acts 4, and of course, Opposition strikes. Now, we need to take heed because we're praying for a bunch of miracles and we believe that we're moving in to a dimension of apostolic power. But you can believe everybody's not going to be happy about the miracles that happen. Well, you would think that they'd be thrilled to death about the man that was healed, but they were not. And apostolic power and authority will be opposed. Peter and John were arrested. They were held until the next day over the miracle. And we see that many times what's needed for proclamation to become demonstration is unfounded, unprovoked opposition. What we have to gain a revelation of is God intentionally uses opposition at times to spread the gospel. Now, COVID hit, and it exposed a lot. COVID was the great exposer. And we realized that there were some areas that we needed to get stronger. And while some people just kept fussing about what was happening, other people who had vision realized God's up to something here. God's up to something here. Let's, let's flow with, with what God is doing. Somebody told me God would never do something like this. And I said, try to convince Pharaoh of that. Did God cause it? Don't know. Did he allow it? Sure did. And so when we look at, at opposition, opposition put the message on location. And what COVID did, it forced a lot of churches, this church was already streaming, but it forced a lot of churches to get outside their four walls. And there have probably been more people hear the gospel through the COVID season than, than had ever heard the gospel. And so I don't know what camp you're in, I'm just in the camp of whatever opposition comes, there's a Romans 8.28 
that all things will work together at some way and, 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 and God's still in control of everything and we've just got to figure out how to flow with it. And so the opposition landed them in front of the rulers and elders and scribes and, and the high priest. Now, when this happened, we must consider their mindset. When this happened, they spake boldly. They, they later prayed for boldness. Uh, when they prayed later after this, the place was shaken. And then they spake again boldly. If you look in that chapter and just follow the theme of bold, it, it will speak to us. So when are we going to realize that sometimes the most challenging and dangerous place to be is right in the will of God? When are we going to mature to where when things are going wrong, we don't automatically kick into, oh my God, I'm, where is God? And I'm out of God's will. When are we going to learn that, that uh, to please God, we're, we're really going to have to learn how to deal with opposition? I remember a few years ago, whenever I read a book about persecution, this is a repeat, but maybe somebody didn't hear it, needs to to hear it. I was reading this book about persecution, and I was praying about it afterwards, and I said, God, help me to be able to be willing to face persecution. And so help me. The Spirit of God spoke to me clearly and said this, persecution, you can't even handle interruption." And so what we must do is we must position ourselves in a way to where we realize that we are not all God's special china dolls to be carried on soft pillows through this, this world to where we're going to just go from bless, from little blessing to middle blessing to big blessing to mega blessing. And then back to little blessing, and then mid blessing, and middle blessing, and mega blessing. And our whole life is going to always be a blessing, 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 blessing. Now we're going to pray for blessings and all that. But listen, in seasons when we're not being blessed, let's quit cussing. When, when the blessings are not coming, can, can we look? Can we see that, hey, this is apostolic too. So maybe we need to go into the book of Acts and maybe we need to find when, when they were up against opposition, what did they do? Well, I see that, that they prayed for boldness. So it's time to take action and it's, it's time to look at our opposition. It's time to get it in the view of the eternal and not the temporal. And it's time for us to say, okay, God, what are you trying to, to do here? Or is this opposition, uh, something that is going to put me into a position? To where you can speak to different people. Hey, think with me right now in, in Acts 7, was it? Whenever Stephen was being stoned, guess who was viewing that? A man named Saul. Can, can you imagine? It wasn't even all about Stephen. It was about what Stephen was going to go through and the manner in which he went through it was speaking to a terrorist named Saul that would one day become Paul. Can we grow up and quit thinking that every time something goes wrong, that God is not with us, that God does not love us, that God does not know where we are? And can we take action? And can we say, I know he knows the way that I take. He has promised he will never leave me, nor... Will he forsake me? I know that he will walk with me. We know that the Holy Ghost is called a comfort and a guide. And the reason why it's called a comfort and a guide is because where it guides, there will be times that comfort will be needed. And so it is time for us to allow the Holy Ghost to do that work in our lives. I'm just talking about his time for action and I'm hurrying. I only have Acts 5 and Acts 6 as far as I'm going, so don't anybody get nervous and think that you needed to bring lunch today. 
So in Acts 5, Satan realizes that outside opposition's not going to stop them. So he moves inside to weak members. And so we see how lying and division enter through the pretenders, Ananias and Sapphira. They foolishly premeditate a scheme and they lie to the Holy Ghost in order to look good in front of the other people. And this sin of lying and division is then shown for the cancer that it really is in the body and the spirit surgically remove them from the body by striking them dead. And so I believe that it's apostolic for schemers and liars to be exposed. I pray they will find a place of repentance. I'm definitely not praying, strike them dead, God, strike them dead, although there have been people I have been tempted to pray that on, but I have kept from doing that, just for the record. But I can tell you this, that as we move greater into the apostolic dimension, and this is all I'm going to say about this, I'm going to talk about time for action here. Uh, we had better do whatever it takes to never be in the company of schemers and liars and pretenders. Never. I personally believe, this is just me, do not hold pastor uh, uh, responsible for this remark. I personally believe that the apostolic church has moved, not is moving, I believe it has moved into a dimension that that schemers and pretenders will not continue to be allowed to cause what they've caused in the church in the past. I believe that we have moved into a dimension, not moving there. I believe that something has changed in the spirit in the last month or so. And I promise you, there is one thing you're never going to find me a part of. And that is dividing any part of the body of Christ. Not me. No way. I promise you, I am more careful now than ever about laying my tongue on anything, about how I am thinking. We've got to be in unity. The church has got to move together. It is not about us individually. It's about the church, the bride of Christ, and I want to be on the right side of that. Last, last point. Acts 6. In Acts 6, we see intentional action in the area of leadership to ensure apostolic focus. The senior leaders commit to staying Acts 6-4 positioned in prayer and the Word. The, the leaders then would, would never allow themselves to be held hostage to the non-biblical traditions and expectations of many apostolic churches today. There are many apostolic churches that will never take dominion in their area. They will never have authority in their area because the church is more interested in the leaders being their buddy than their spiritual leader. And so it all starts with, with the man of God being Acts 6-4 positioned and other decisions being made for other people to lead. These traditional non-biblical expectations are being driven by spirits of entertainment for enjoyment over equipping for expanding. And so it's a sly, seductive spirit, and it's choking the life out of many churches today. So in Acts 6, they were spirit-directed to leadership priority by duplication. It was a crucial point for the apostolic church in the New Testament, and many apostolic churches today refuse to make that change. Thank God, Pastor launched new life into this dimension a uh, little while ago whenever three couples were presented and commissioned in this, in this congregation. 
Whether you say Fisher Fisher Wallace or Wallace Fisher Fisher or Fisher Wallace Fisher, they don't care because they all have the right mindset. But this is what happened. This church took another step in this dimension of being apostolic. And so when we speak about how does that affect us and what is the time for action and what action should we do, we do whatever it takes to be willing to take instruction from a spirit-elevated peer, not just the pastor. Many churches... They scream about being apostolic. They preach about it. They even have tongues interpretation. People come by and give prophecies. But what they don't seem to understand that until you move in apostolic structure, you cannot move into apostolic dominion and authority. And so now new life has been even more positioned in that manner. There's no way for me to move through the entire book of Acts. So let's, let's start moving toward a close here. And yes, God wants to do a great work. So what does all this push us to? Acts 6, 7, and 8. We've looked at Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. And now look what, look what happened. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. A great number of other ministers believing other things gained great apostolic revelation. This is not just about new life, building a new building and filling it up and having to have multiple services. It's not just about that. It's about other churches gaining apostolic revelation and them building bigger buildings and having multiple services. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And the church in general was explosive. And elevated peer leaders were full of faith and power. And God used them to do great wonders and miracles among the people. It was just not for people in leadership positions. I can prove this on John fourteen twelve. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go into the Father. So it's simply time for action. And the early church grew daily because of their, here it is, biblical action. Their prayer action, their word action, their obedience action, their commitment action, their sacrifice action, their healthy relationships action, their faith action, and kingdom growth was natural. It was natural. And so it's just real simple today. It's time to refuse attending new life and being bound by old death. It's time to refuse it. I go to new life. It's, it's where nobody has a past and everybody has a future. Well, it's not God's will at new life for us to be bound by old death. It's, it's, not, it's just not God's will for, for any of that to be going on. It's God's will for us to step into apostolic action, and it's time for action. It's time for action. Anybody here believe that? Amen. 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 Um, this is what I saw in the Spirit to do a couple of days ago, so, so here we go, and it's not, it's not going to take long. Don't anybody get nervous. I saw you, Sister Tammy. The, the, other, uh, the other day, and I saw that there was deep concern, and anybody here could say, well, Reverend Obvious, she's a wife, she's a mother, she's the uh, senior pastor's wife, of course she has concern. And to that I say, right. 
obviously. But, but this is what I know. I know that the Spirit prompted for there to be special prayer for her. And so don't anybody put your hand on her, and nobody has to stand right now. But would, just, would you just lift your hand, Sister Tammy, and would the church stretch your hands toward her? And can we take action right now? And can, can we pray for her? What, however the Spirit prompts you to pray for her right now, this is called apostolic action. In your name, Jesus, whatever is causing deep concern, let her know right now that you have it. Speak to her deep in her spirit. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Let it be done in Jesus' name. This morning, God showed me this to, to do. And we're going to stretch our hands toward pastor. It was confirmed this week by a prophet that's never stood in his pulpit. A prophet that is not connected with him. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even know this happened, but the prophet had my number and so could text me this and for me to pass it along, and, and I did. I'm not going to say a lot about it, because he can say whatever he feels at whatever time. He may not even feel to say anything. But this is what it was. It's a confirmation of what we all know anyway, that, that God has placed a greater apostolic role on him for the church. Can you stretch your hands toward pastor right now? Can you pray whatever the Spirit directs? It is an elevation of how God is going to use him, how God is using him. Father, in your name, by the power of your spirit, you know we just step in agreement. We pray protection on his mind. We, we pray 1 Thessalonians 5.23 on him. Spirit, soul, and body. Protection, anointing. The Spirit also told me, that there, there may be more, but the Spirit told me that there were three people that, that are in a desperate situation. The Spirit did not explain to me what desperate was. It was just three people in a desperate situation. If you're one of those people, just get up right now and come and stand, stand right here in front of the pulpit. I, I, have, I, have, I have no idea. I have no idea. Is there, is there any, anyone? Right? Okay, we have two. Okay, we have three right here. Right, everybody else stay seated. Everybody else stay seated. Come and, come and just stand right here. Come and just stand right here. All right. I have, no, I have no idea what it is. I don't have to know what it is. As you're seated right now, would you stretch your hand toward these, toward these people? In the name of Jesus, by the power of your Spirit. In your name, Jesus, by the power of your Spirit. We agree right now in faith with our brother and our sisters. And Father, we're, we are believing that you're speaking that you're giving wisdom, that, that you're moving mountains in their life. We are believing it. We are believing it. And we're calling it done in Jesus' name. Can the church say in Jesus' name?
as we all stand together right now. If you have, if you have a, a spiritual need, if you need to be born again of water and spirit, if you need to, to surrender your life to God, if you need to enter into the kingdom, if, if you've never done that, if you've never been baptized, if you're thinking about it, and you've never made that, that decision, today could well be your day. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today can be your, your day. Uh, the kingdom is about salvation, deliverance, and healing. So if you need any of those three, would you just step out right now and come and, and stand at the front? Salvation, deliverance or healing would would you come i'm telling you i would not be fighting depression or oppression and be standing back there in my seat right now i i would not be taking a beating in my mind and ignore a a visitation of the spirit right now i wouldn't do it you can do whatever you want to i I wouldn't be all held up in in my mind in my spirit hating to wake up every day wishing that i didn't even have to wake up and stay parked in my in my seat right now i'm I'm not trying to rebuke anybody i'm just I'm, I'm, i'm just trying to say come on when, when the water is being troubled, let's not just stand looking at it. Let's get in it. Any, anyone else? Anyone else? Turn your, turn your attention. If you, if you walk to the front, turn your attention right now to God. Turn your attention right now to God. Those of you still standing in the seats, would you please just stretch your hand toward the front? If there's someone close to you or dear to you that's that's here, you may want to come and and just place a hand on them. Don't distract them, but you may just want to join with them. Now, church, would you just pray as the Spirit leads? Just pray as the Spirit leads right now. be someone that that has walked up here and 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 they have your attention and and you're you're thinking about them or okay then pray for them zero in on them let's lift our voice right now and, and pray father in your name by the power of your spirit you know exactly what you are doing you know exactly what you 